Welcome right back to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast show with myself, Aaron, and Tom. Tonight, hey, it's just one of those episodes where we're going to talk about everything that's going on in pro wrestling. We like to call it the Hot Tag. Tom, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Uh, a lot going on in the wrestling world. And, uh, you know, Roman Reigns is still champion. So every day is a good day. Bro, it's a good day. I mean, if you're a Roman Reigns fan, hey, listen, I know a lot of people are ready for this to end. Uh, to me, there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, it's okay for someone else to be the new champion, but I don't think they have anyone ready to be the new champion, to be honest with you. And until they make a strong contender uh, that's willing to take the title from Roman uh, after they missed her opportunity with Cody at WrestleMania, I'm okay with Roman keeping the title. Yeah, as of right now, um, I, I like where the storyline's going and you know, it doesn't bother me a bit that he's got the got the belts at this point, or the belt, the new belt at this point. Um, what's your thoughts on the new belt? I mean, it kind of looks like all the old belts. Uh, it's just got the gold, you know, in the background with the black WWE logo in it. Uh, it looks sharp. Um, you know, I, you know me, I'm one of those who doesn't believe that we should have another world champion on Raw. Uh, I kind of like Roman walking around with multiple belts. I don't know if he's going to walk around with three belts or if he's just going to retire the other two now. But it's Roman. Who knows? I can see Heyman with both of them. And Roman still wearing the new one. So, You know, Roman's kind of a little uh, – he, he's kind of a little crybaby. So he probably requested to only have one belt so he didn't have to lift up two. Well – Here's the thing. He's, like I said, I don't think for a second that there should be multiple world champions. I'm okay with him unifying all the titles. I would have said after whoever beat Roman, um, who, let's say Cody finally beat Roman, maybe then introduce a new title. Uh, then, uh, the new belt design then. Uh, and then somebody else just say, hey, I don't need two titles. I am the world champion of the world universal champion and that's all that there needs to be and all I need is one belt I can see some, Cody saying something like that but you know it, it is what it is it looks sharp interested to see where they go especially with the bloodline storyline playing out on Raw uh, all this time we're thinking it's going to be Jey Uso but now it's Jimmy Uso who's decided to step up to Roman kick him in the face and now Solo has kind of betrayed his own brothers uh, your thoughts on that whole storyline you know, it's interesting because, yeah, that's that's not how I thought it was going to go down, and I like that. I think they just keep, you know, keeping it fresh. You know, they keep doing these things, whether they have it well planned out or if it's something that, you know, they come up with relatively um, recent to the change, it's working. Whatever they're doing, whatever formula they're using, whether they're just letting things kind of happen naturally or if they've got this long, drawn-out plan, whatever they're doing is working with the bloodline. So I'm all in. Well, after Mania, Roman said that they were only like in the bottom of the third inning of the story uh, with the bloodline. And I'm starting to believe that I can see a title run going all the way to WrestleMania uh uh this next year so it's very interesting to see what they're doing there and again like i said i've mentioned it a few times not a big fan of the other world champion but your thoughts of seth rollins winning the brawl title i mean i think he's the right pick right now um he's one of the best wrestlers in the world 
Uh, he's right there with Roman Reigns as character work. Um, not been in the greatest stories over the last couple of years, uh, but very underutilized. I think he's definitely the person to uh, put that belt on to get it going. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm happy for him and that he's getting some um, some some more important work instead of what he's been doing the last couple of years. Uh, so I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Also, we had the biggest um, brain, I guess, cluster that there possibly could be. We still have the SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, on Raw. And now we have a new Raw Women's Champion in Asuka over on SmackDown. Uh, your thoughts on those two? You know, I'm I'm just glad that things are changing up a little bit and things are different. Why they haven't, you know, really said anything about those titles, I don't know. It's very strange. Um, it'd be, you know, it's one of those things that any way they do that, it's kind of silly. You know, that's why the brand split ends up being silly a lot of times because of things like that. You know, last year, I think they just uh, traded belts. Uh, nobody really liked that. So I, I get they maybe didn't want to do that this time. But what do you do? Do you just ignore it until you know something happens and maybe at money in the bank somebody from the opposite brands win the belts and then they go back to their respective show i don't know how they get out of that without it being silly so at a certain point i think they need to get away with away from them being the raw champion and the smackdown champion and them just being champions so you don't have to signify one show versus the other you're just the champion of the show or you know like they do with the men's at this point you have you know this world heavyweight championship and you have the undisputed wwe championship you know you could do the same thing with the women's and it doesn't necessarily matter which show you're on yeah like, like a women's universal champion and a wwe women's champion yeah yeah i mean that, to me, that makes more sense than, you know, labeling it Raw versus SmackDown or whatever. I understand why they did that, but when when you are one household and you have two separate brands and you have to move people back and forth to keep things fresh from time to time, it makes that a little convoluted. So there should be, in my opinion, a better way to do that, and that's what I would do. Um. Yeah, and... We're getting close to money in the bank, like you said. Um, so far, Becky Lynch has qualified for the women's. Zoe Stark has qualified. Uh, Zelina Vega has qualified. And I want to say, I think it may be all the women so far. If I'm forgetting somebody, I'm sorry. Uh, so, I like kind of what they're doing with Becky and they're throwing her with Zoe Stark, trying to give Zoe Stark a little bit of rub right now. Uh, not sure how the women's money in the bank will all play out. On the men's side, LA Knight has already qualified. I know it's somebody that a lot of people are having a lot of faith in right now. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet have also qualified. So when you're looking at the money in the bank right now, what's your thoughts? You know, I, I don't know. I don't see... Right now, I don't see anyone 
on either the women or the men's side of things that I want to see take the title. Um, however, I look at, you know, who's going to be the most entertaining with the briefcase. So I personally think that LA Knight would be great to carry the briefcase. The things that he could come up with promo wise, um, maybe try to get under under the skin of Seth Rollins, or does he go after a different title? You know, you know, they kind of throw that hint out there that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the main title. Um, but you know, on the women's side, I don't know. Um, nothing is really jumping out at me. That's going to be that intriguing as of right now. I think they really need to do some work on the women's side and building up some characters and some storylines to really get you behind some of these characters on the hillside and the face side. Yeah. Also coming up uh, this week, it looks like it'll either be Mia Yim or Bailey. They're wrestling each other in a qualifying match. And then Shotzi uh, and EO Sky uh, possibly be added to that as well. On the men's side, uh, Santo, Santos Escobar or Mustafa Ali is what it says, or Butch and Baron Corbin. So who who knows? I don't I don't know. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. Uh, I don't think some of those matches stayed true. I think something makes me think Butch and Escobar wrestling because I think I made mention to you today. It looks like Butch has a good shot of possibly being in. Uh, the money in the bank. Uh, one name, though, you know, is L.A. Knight. And like you're talking about, he's someone who's starting to get a lot of good fan, fan reaction right now. Uh, a lot of it has to do with his catchphrase. I still think his in-ring work needs a little work uh, as far as that goes. But his mic skills are really good. And the other one right now who's not been listed is Dominic Mysterio, who I think would be a great addition to that because I can see him. I mean, look at the heel heat he gets every time he touches the microphone right now. Can you imagine him keep trying to run in and trying to cash in that briefcase on a Seth Rollins? I mean, it'll be great. I don't know. I think that could potentially backfire on them too. Um, I could see that turning in, turning him into a face. Um, I just, you know, he's, to me, he's borderline as it is now. He's definitely a heel, but I think people enjoy him so much that it wouldn't take much for him to be a face. So I, I think you'd have to be very careful about that and dance around that a little bit. They hate him so much that they end up loving him? Yeah. I mean, he's already entertaining, and I think he makes people laugh, and they enjoy the, you know, the the silliness of how badass he is. And, you know, it's one of those things that I think he's getting over in a way that's not true heel heat. They just think it's fun to maybe boo him or whatever because they find his reactions funny. So I think it's uh, it's definitely a fine line between um, a real heel and somebody that's getting booze because the you know, the crowd kind of is putting themselves in the in the story as well. Now, on the flip side of all of this is AEW. Um, they're also going to go to London. Uh, they've got the Wembley show right now that is 
got more tickets than a lot of people thought that they would sell, but it has kind of died down a little bit. And then, of course, they have the Forbidden Door uh, matches announced so far. Brian Danielson versus Okada, Osprey versus Omega. Um, looks like it'll be a great wrestling show for sure. But again, my, my problem with uh, AEW is always I want a great storyline. And I feel like they missed the boat with that. There's too many one-offs, one-offs, one-offs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you look at the the talent that they have in AEW that could have been in major storylines leading up to this that would have impactful matches uh, to keep pushing uh, the storylines forward for TV each week. And then you have some great headlining matches. I mean, both ma- both of those matches will be fantastic. Guaranteed. I mean, I don't think anyone doubts that. But what, but what is it really doing to push the company forward, to push the stories forward, and to keep that fan base growing? Um, and that's ultimately what they need to be doing, uh, you would think. And, and unless they're just happy with what they're doing and enjoying put, putting on good wrestling matches, and that's all there is, I just think that uh, they have an untapped potential they're in AEW with the talent that they have if they use the right storylines and and build some people towards a greater goal than just these these kind of one-off type matches and then throwaway stories um, because they they have more talent there that that you don't even see each week and you know people forget about them you know and it's it's kind of uh I don't know. It's one of those things like you just you almost get like, well, it's AEW doing what AEW does. And then you just kind of. I don't know, for me personally, it makes me not want to constantly watch every single detail of what's going on. And I'm more catch highlights and things like that and only go back and watch, you know, lengthy things when I when I hear it's really good. So I just. You know, I think that hurts the product a little bit. The one thing is, I, I think the Forbidden Door is a great idea. I just think it's always terrible timing. Right now, you have the, you know, Blackpool Combat Club feuding with the Elite in a way. But now we're going to pump the brakes on that for about the next month. You know, so that way we can have this person versus this person over in Japan. And to me, it should be, well, the next time they see each other, it should be on site. Next time Kenny Omega is anywhere near Brian Danielson and, and the Black uh, Pool Combat Club, it should be on right there on the spot. But now it's like, no, now we got to band together because we're AEW and we're going to show that we're the superior brand against New Japan. I know that's not what the story of the Forbidden Door is, but it's kind of what the story of the Forbidden Door is. Who's got the better talent? Yeah, I mean it's the same the same thing when they you know used to do the whole Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown. You just forget about who you were battling with the week before and banding together against the other team. Um, it definitely takes you away from what is actually going on, and then once it's over, then it doesn't make any sense whatsoever because they just fall back into what they were doing. And then you realize it, it's just it's a disconnect for sure. Now. Added to all that is the return announcement of CM Punk on Collision, another night of wrestling on Saturday nights. It looks like it's just going to be the CM Punk show. 
Uh, looks like he's getting his own little show with his own group of guys who want to work with him, basically. Um, not sure this is going to end any differently than the way it did this last time. I'm sure it won't end in a big old fight, but I don't know how long this will, you know, catch on with the fans. There was kind of like a little bit of a mixed reaction when they announced he was coming back. Uh, I feel like your diehard fans of AEW don't want him back, but then your diehard wrestling fans do. It's two different types of people. So your thoughts? You know, it's it's a weird situation. And someone who has always been a punk fan, um, you know, I, I've – you never know unless you're in the situation. But on the outside looking in, um, my fandom for punk and wanting him to return and things like that have definitely dwindled over the last couple years. Uh, just seeing how things have been handled and, you know, what's going on – even if I think that part of it, he may have been in the right, there's always a right and wrong way to handle a situation that happens. Um, and then, you know, just, uh, you know, is he coming back? Is he not, you know, does he like wrestling? Does he not at a certain point, it just becomes, do you even care anymore that he's coming back? Um, I wish we could just get back to putting on wrestling shows and enjoying what happens instead of all the drama behind the scenes and all that, you know, if he comes back, great, let's get some good storylines going. Let's get some good matches. Let's make it all make sense. And then I won't care anything about whether, you know, there was backstage heat or this or that, but when they focus more on that, than they do the storylines week to week it really takes me out of that and makes me not care anything about that character whatsoever. But as far as the show goes, I could see there being a lot of talent put on that show that are very um, maybe pro punk. Um, that would be a great roster for a show. And I'm, you know, I would like to see if that vision is any different being there's going to be a different viewpoint and supposedly there will be um, more influence from punk in that show from what we understand. So I am excited to see what that looks like, but I'm ready for it to just get going and, and see what it turns out to be. And hopefully it's just a good wrestling show. Yep. And, you know, like we said, there's a lot going on in the pro wrestling world right now. We didn't even talk about tonight the, Debut of Trinity over on TNA, former Naomi. Um, she's got some big matchups coming up. She's going to be wrestling Deanna Peraza for the Impact Women's World Championship. Uh, do you think that she wins the title? You know, I, I really do. Um, I think that, you know, she is a big star uh, that could help Impact move the needle some. Um, I think she has looked great in her her debut there and as far as um bringing exposure to impact you know impact runs a really good show um it just doesn't get the eyeballs that the other that the other uh companies do and a lot of that has to do with what channel it's on and things like that uh and the hype around it but i, I will say when i do watch impact it's usually pretty enjoyable shows to watch um and naomi uh, Trinity brings a different flair to the show uh, that I think it was needing. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be a very positive thing. And I don't think it hurts uh, Deanna to actually lose to her. Um, and I could see that being an ongoing feud for several matches. Uh, they, they can really string together something that's, that's 
you know, memorable. Yeah, I mean, I think every time someone new like that comes into Impact, we're hoping that this is the spark, right? That this is going to be the spark, the talent they need to rejuvenate and become a major player within a topic of conversation. Um, and sometimes the booking just doesn't work with, with that. But right now, you know, you had Trinity. Alan King's kind of on a roll over there uh, right now as well. Bringing in some new faces. They're losing some old ones. It looks like Jordan Grace is on her way out. Um, according At least to for the a little while. Sheets. At least for a little while, according to Dirt Sheets. Uh, and that's that's some, that's someone that's kind of hard to lose. Uh, she's been kind of a foundational piece there uh, for so long. Um, but yeah, good to see some of these other women getting a good shot over there at Impact Wrestling, uh, for sure. In the month, you're going to hand it down to St. Louis, correct? Yeah, the WrestleMax show, uh, St. Louis. I'm excited to be able to see Lufisto live. Uh, former guest of the show, Lufisto. Also, former guest of the show, uh, our, you know, our, one of our favorites, Billy Starks, uh, is taking on former guest of the show, Misa Kate. So, I'm uh, excited about that matchup. Uh, never been uh, to this venue and uh, this company. We'll see how they do. And it looks like it's going to be a heck of a show. Um, very excited for that. So we'll yeah. we'll see how it turns out. And hopefully uh, maybe to get to talk to a few people and, and maybe some network connections. We'll see what happens. Mance Warner also on the show. Um, and the Rascals. Taking on the premiere, right. yep. uh, so I mean, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good show over in St. Louis. Shout out to Wrestle Max, uh, Tom again will be down there on the 30th uh, this month. Check y'all out. Uh, it's good to kind of catch up here, uh, talk a little bit about what's kind of going on. And I know we don't do these types of shows very often, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of different uh discussions doing our top 10, I mean, our top fives, top threes with Aaron Silvers and J.R. Huffman as well. Uh, so we're just trying to add a little few different. We will get back to having some uh, guests here in the next week or two. We've just been really busy uh, with a lot of things going on in our shoot jobs and plus life in general. It's the summertime. It's vacation time, so a lot of things kind of pop up. Uh, but we do want to thank everyone for all the subscriptions everyone's given us. Make sure you all do hit the subscribe button. Again, we you do talk have about your book, any? I wasn't going to talk about the book uh, on this show. I was not. Uh, I was going to actually talk about it in a, in a future show when I actually had the copy in my hand. Uh, but yeah, since Tom mentioned be on it, the lookout. Uh, be on the lookout. Ascending the Queendom, uh, my new book, all women's based uh, pro wrestling book, talking about the barriers and the struggles that some of the best talent. Uh, in the world has had to face uh, to try to make it to the top of the world of professional wrestling. It's got a great roster um, of talent. Uh, Maddie Rankowski, uh, Misty Marks, Milo. Um, you know, we dive deeper into some of the younger generation, Eric Ademia, you know, Judy Ray. A lot of former guests uh, that were on this podcast are going to be involved in that book. Hoping to have that out on June the 28th right now. That's going to be the pre-order date that we've got set. Uh, so we'll kind of go live with that. And hopefully everything will work out all right. We'll hit that top, at least top five again. I got some work to cut out for me this time. I was looking at some of the books that are going to drop next month or two. You know, I'm going to have to go up against Arn Anderson. 
double A, uh, and Todd Gordon's got a book coming out as well, in the wrestling categories. And then you got a cut Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees has a book, and Chris Paul of the, you know, the Phoenix Suns has got a book coming out. Uh, so, but hopefully everyone out there who's watching this show will support me, and uh, we can uh, again get that one up there into the bestsellers list as well. So. For myself and Tom, thank you all. We will be back with Aaron and JR. I know we talked about doing the overrated uh, wrestlers. We still got that one on the books. We got some amazing guests as well already lined up for the rest of the month as well. Myself, Tom, thank you all very much, and have a good night.